Brandon. Hey, Donna. This is The Bargain Den. The Bargain Den? What's that? It's our podcast where we talk about movies that we got in a frugal manner 99% of the time. I don't and, know if we have that high of a hit ratio. <laughs> and then we and then we discuss it about whether or not it's frugal. Or is not. it bargain worthy? Does it embody what it means to be in a marching band? <laughs> hey, Brandon. Yes. You know that song... It was the summer of 69. Yes, I do. You were just singing it a moment ago. Yeah. And then you so, said, I have an intro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because I had a question oh, occur okay. to me that I want to voice to you in front of our listeners. Okay. I'll take a sip, so if it's funny, Do I'll... you think... Ow, I hit my teeth. <laughs> do you think he's talking about the year 1969 <laughs> or a summer <laughs> of 69-ing? I never considered. Funny enough, I <laughs> never considered. Not once, because you know what's weird is that, you know, it never occurred to me until just now when I came up with this intro. Well, because it was obvious. I, I just, I, I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, God, I just, I just opened up my phone and I was on Tom Segura's Tom social media page. And we're recording this on Easter Sunday, and he just put a post that said, He is risen, and it's the picture, uh, it's just a gif of a penis <laughs> becoming erect. It's just, you want to see? Yeah. I mean... Amazing. Yep, it's just, there was nothing that just really caught me off guard <laughs> at noon on Easter Sunday. <laughs> what were we talking about? The summer of 69, sorry. Yeah, something completely unrelated to rising dicks. Right. The, right. <laughs> the rising dick. I was just trying to, I was going to read some of the lyrics and see if we could extrapolate anything, break it down. I got my first real six string, bought it at the five and dime, played it till my fingers bled was the summer of 69. Definitely just. So that sounds like a year. Yeah. Just, just a year. Me and some guys from school had a band and we tried real hard. Jimmy quit. Jody got married. I should have known we'd never get far. I think it's a, I think it's a year thing. I think it's a year thing. Unfortunately, we could remake it though into the summer of '69ing. I think we should. Has it, does that already exist? Like, did Weird Al I'm already sure. do that? I'm sure. <laughs> I don't think he did that one. <laughs> oh, watch! He's he's gonna do that exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It, no, it's okay. Uh, it's very likely. Um, Donna, what have you been up to? Well, I just. Recently woke up from a sleep that lasted approximately 12 hours. Nice. It was pretty great. Nice. We, we have been, uh, we're, we're, um, uh, uh, we're definitely going through that, that, uh, that quarantine life as life were, but, um, we're definitely, uh, making the most of it. Um, and Donna's still in school. We're living our best life. Living our best life as we can, best as we can. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like I said, so best Don- as we can in quarantine land. Oh, Dr. Seuss is up in the house. Special guest, Dr. Seuss. Anytime anybody rhymes and they're not actively admitting they're doing poetry, they become Dr. Seuss. 
You should know. That's what I mostly do, though. True. So you're mostly Dr. Seuss. Anywho. <laughs> Donna's still in school. One of the things that Donna has to do for her school is watch movies. Because it's so fucking easy. You fucking school. You, you just watch a movie. Like, write about it. Like, oh, this happened. Ugh, so we're still having to be conscious of our time together and when we get to watch movies together so we're gonna be reviewing a movie that you had to watch for class what class did you have to watch this movie for uh i mm, now i'm saying it out loud in front of more people than just you and my direct family oh do you not want to talk it's fine you don't have to it's it's i just i'm bad at pronouncing it you want me to say it yeah oh the pewter buff yeah but then the pewter buff yeah, it's uh, Peter Roth, which is like a film or a, a book festival, right? I don't know if it's. I think I'm saying Pewter Ba, but I think it's really Pooter Ba, but I don't like it that way. It's like that one planet, you know. The yeah, one. like Uranus. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. like, way better, guys. Way better, scientist. Way to go. Oh, sorry, we were all busy calling it Uranus, and you're like, no, let me tell you, it's Uranus. Like, <laughs> Your okay. face was perfect. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, I watched it for Pewterbaugh class. Isn't that all? I don't... Anyway. Pewterbaugh. We were going to have a big festival with international writers, and I was going to get to talk to important people, but then, you know, some disease happened and just <laughs> ruined it. It's but I virus, can't complain because we're alive, so... It's a virus, not a disease, Donna. Actually, My bad. Well, well, actually, well, actually, let me tell you. Well, actually... <laughs> It's a virus, not a disease. I don't know. My bad. I don't know anything about anything. Anyway, so instead of going to this festival and interviewing somebody, instead, we had a choice to watch the movie based on the novel that we also read for class. And then write a paper about it. And so then you're like, why don't we do a podcast about it? And I was like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And Two you birds, said, one we're going to do it. And I said, fine. I was like, I don't have time to watch another movie this week. What did so we watch? We watched The Reluctant Fundamentalist. The Reluctant Fundamentalist. And boy, if that title doesn't make you feel like you're in for a fun ride, <laughs> boy, are you wrong. Don't worry. We're going to make it real Don't fun. be reluctant. Jump into it with us. Be a fundamentalist. We're going to have fundamentals. Yeah, we're going to put the fun in fundamentals. And I'm going to put the reluctant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also, uh, in preparation, I did more prep work for this episode (laughs) than I've ever done ever, actually. Very, very sweet, by the way. Just, uh, well, I mean, I did it for, for my job here, the podcast. I read the book as well. You sure did. She read the dang book to go. I read it for school. Brandon read it for the podcast, so. I read it for you, honey. I read it for you. Anyway, tell me about you. You do the plot, because I don't want to. Now let me. You do the plot. Oh, is that, was that Soldier Boy? Yeah. Everybody, that was a reference to Soldier Boy. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, 2008, <laughs> there was a I song. I think I'm just really reluctant to get into this, but let's just do it. Let's do it. Oh, wait. I'm feeling it. Okay. Da 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 da. I'm feeling it. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So, our main character Chongez. Spelled changes. It's spelled like changes with a Z. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Chongez. His name is Chongez Khan, and he lives in Lahore in Pakistan, and he gets a scholarship to go to Princeton, where he. 
is accepted to a job at Underwood Sampson, this big, important, high-league valuation company. Uh, this this movie, I think, described out, this is going to sound real boring. But, like, already, I'm just I'm like, just trying to really get through, like, yeah. the meat of the plot going, so sorry. we can talk about the frugality. Got it. Okay. So he's been accepted into this job. He meets a girl, as they do. Erica. 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 Erica is... Erica! (laughs) Erica, who let you out of the burn war? (laughs) No, Erica is played by Kate Hudson, right? Yes. Uh, She's so pretty. She's got a unique look. Anyway, so Erica is an artist, and they immediately hit it off. And they do the do, as you do. Um, Throughout the plot, we find out that her boyfriend, Chris, had died. And then we find out that it's because she drove drunk and got him killed. So that's sad. (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyway... So then, um... There was something that happened in, like... It was, like, September of some year that changed a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah. So Chongez gets his first, like, off-site official big boy job with Underwood Sampson. They go to Manila, and towards the end of his time there, he's doing really well. He's flying up in the company. Everyone's like, dude, this is the next guy, right? Well, then, um, this thing happens in September of 2001, that people may or may not be familiar with. Um, but it was a very bad day. It was a bad day. Particularly September... You know what? I'm not a fan of that day. Didn't <laughs> like September 11th, 2001, and I'm not afraid to say it. Didn't like it then, don't like it now, never been a fan. So this thing happens, and it changes the world, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then, from that point on, we kind of get the perspective of Changez, who has now... Fallen kind of in love with America, but then... And with Erica. And with Erica, um, but is now kind of very much being made to feel like an outcast because of the September 11th attacks. When he comes back from his business trip, he gets separated from his business partners so that he can be investigated, and he's constantly pulled aside by police, harassed by just passers-by. It's... It's not fun for him. Uh, At one point, he goes back to Lahore to visit his family because his sister is getting married. Yes? Yes. Yes. Um, Where there's issues arising because he helped pay for the wedding because his parents couldn't afford it. And his dad's very upset about that because he feels like the valuation job is... Dehumanizing. Dehumanizing. Yeah. He doesn't feel like it's clean or respectable money, per se. Mm-hmm. So now Chongez is really in a tight situation where he doesn't feel like he belongs in America, and he's kind of having to question the integrity of his life choices. And he gets sent to, oh, God, I don't know, South America. Uh, I forgot the name. Yeah, I wanted to say the Philippines, but that doesn't sound right. That's not South America, I know, but I'm just... Yeah, it was somewhere... And they're going to evaluate a book publisher. Yep. And 
the guy in charge there is really upset by their presence, but they're used to that kind of thing. Um, but he notices that Chongez is also have, like, he's fighting some inner demons right now. Um, which, does this happen after the art show? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the order of stuff, okay. but... Well, then I'll just say things as I think of them. Yeah. So, um... Oh, I don't think you've said this whole con- like this whole movie is being told from Chongez's perspective as he's talking to an American in Lahore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is all flashback. I will get to that, though. I know, I just... But yes. Um, felt it important. Yeah, he's telling someone his story. So, the... He... Uh, words. Words are hard. So, Chongez's father, uncle, someone, is a poet. Um, and the publisher guy finds this out. He ends up going to lunch with Chongez. And... Is basically like, you're a janissary. Like, you don't belong here and they're using you and you're fighting against your own country right now by doing this. And Chongez is hit pretty deep by that, so he ends up quitting in the middle of the project, making his boss look really bad, upsetting everyone. Um such a disgrace and now he has to go back to america because he can't stay there without a job so wait back to lahore i'm sorry can't stay in america when you don't have a job visas so visas (laughs) donna's most favorite youtuber visas visas so Also, sometime during this, Erica finally opens her new art exhibit, and it's super offensive to Chongez, because it's all about the fact that she's dating a Pakistani. Pakistani. It's really like, why would you think that was okay, though? It's so strange how in bad of taste it is. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit. Because then also she she genuinely does not realize that it will upset him. Right. And it's like, it's not it's not one of those things that's like, oh, of course somebody would get, like, you have to get offended by something. It's like blatantly, like, almost, almost like, like, uh, like that was its intended purpose. It felt like, like a racist art exhibit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, though, it was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. She's like, why are you upset? And he's like, ah. Uh. And it's also set up all spooky. Like, it's dark with, like, creepy things backlit and, like, yeah. pictures of the towers fall. I was like, what the yeah, it's fuck? It's so weird. It's so strange. And then, like, I'm dating a Pakistani. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, uh, oh. Uh. Not only that, but it's, like, taking these intimate moments from their relationship and, like, displaying them. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, it, anyway, we'll, we'll go to circle back. It's really fucked up. And he's right to be upset, and he undercuts her deep. So anyway, mm-hmm. then he quits his job. He has to go back home to Lahore. And he gives her a chance to go with him, and she's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes back home and becomes a university teacher. Uh, some religious fundamentalists, I guess, try to recruit him. And he refuses, 
Um, at the same time, though, he ends up being kind of a mentor to a bunch of activists, but he refuses to, like, go extremist. He's just trying to, like, let them see what he learned from being in America as enlighten far as... Them. Yeah, enlighten them of, like, I've had these experiences in the world. Please learn from me. Yeah. So. The whole time has been a conversation between him and actor Liv Shriver. Um, and you're kind of understanding that Liv Shriver is like an undercover agent of some kind, kind of investigating. He keeps having to check in with somebody on his cell phone. Right. And it's like very obvious that he's undercover and like the audience is made aware. And then John Gez is like, you're clearly an undercover journalist. Like they keep having to like move because they're snipers and stuff. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, they're both very, uh, cautious of each other. The, oh, we're going to spoil this movie. We didn't say that on this one, did we? <laughs> Oops. Spoil it! You know. Um, so anyway, they... they, they uh, 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 the movie kind of culminates in a riot where um, Liv Shriver accidentally shoots a protester only to find out that... Um, so right at the beginning of the movie, one of the other professors got kidnapped... Oh, right. And that's the whole reason Live Schreiber, Liv, whatever. I don't know how to say his Liv name. Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Is investigating, so to speak, is to try to figure out what happened to this guy, where he's being held at, and go save him, mm-hmm. right? So at the end, he finds out that the guy's dead. He thinks that Chongez sent the order. Riots ensue. Like you said, he accidentally shoots an activist. Then he finds out that it was completely unrelated. Chongas really had nothing to do with that guy's kidnapping. Right. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yep, that's that. They have a funeral for the activist that got shot. <laughs> and Liv Shriver smiles into the distance. Yeah. What a weird, weird, weird. Maybe we can find a more willing fundamentalist in the clearance aisle. <laughs> My tummy. Was that your tummy? It's my tummy. Your tummy. My tummy. Quiet down, your tummy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Boy, that wasn't a great movie. (laughs) Commencing part two. Is it frugal? Part two of the podcast has now begun. Before we debate it, I mean, is there anything you want to add or just say? Yeah, I I didn't like this movie. Okay. It It was one of those times where I just feel like certain, certain stories, they just... It was adapted so poorly from the book. The book, I didn't, I mean, the book was okay. Like, it's not my kind of book. Um, But I had forgotten about how bad the art piece was in the (laughs) movie. It was so bad. In the book, it's, she's a novelist. She writes stories. Yeah. And, like, it turns out it had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Like, complete opposite. Complete opposite. It's just bad. And in the book... The novel she writes, like, after she disappears, totally different, right? So I guess I'm also going to ruin the book a little bit. But she maybe died. We don't know for sure. But after that happens, her mom gives Chongez her manuscript to read. And he does. And it's not even... This is what I love about it. It's not even his type of novel. Like, he doesn't love it. Yeah. He's just like, it was really pretty. Like, she has a lot of nature descriptions that he appreciates, and it doesn't sound like her voice that he's used to. 
and it doesn't even feel like her story. Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, not everything's movie perfect. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, it is a um, very strange movie, but was it frugal? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, well, I'm going to state one obvious. Um, a totally innocent man died because of miscommunication? Mm-hmm. Not frugal. Not frugal. Because, like, literally all it would have taken is, like, he took Chongez's phone because he thought that he texted them to kill him, mm-hmm. right? To kill the person they kidnapped. He already had his phone. All he would have had to do is fucking take two seconds to check it. Yeah. Instead, he waits until after he shoots an innocent man mm-hmm. and then checks it and sees that he was just texting his sister like, hey, I think I'm going to be home soon. I'm safe. Just so you know. Right. Uh, uh, this isn't really to the point or even to any point, but I just thought it was interesting. The movie did not capture what Pakistan was like um, in that time, like in the flashbacks, the way the book did. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember the movie ever really referencing the rising tensions in Pakistan. Yeah, no, it, it really didn't, other the, than the students, yeah. I would say. Because, like, it's so strange to have had that be, like, to have had 9-11 be a big event in our lives, but to, like... Uh, at this point in my life, I'm understanding that, like, we're getting to a point where we're understanding other aspects, like how that event affected the world. It mm-hmm. wasn't a very it wasn't a singular event that had the same kind of uh, effect on everybody. It was mm-hmm. very it was very it was a global thing. That's something that, like, I don't think that I mean, very similar to the situations we're going with going through right now. It'll be probably 20 years before we look back and go, oh, this had this kind of effect. It's just... Right. It's just kind you of, really actually get the full picture and mm-hmm. can become detached enough from the event to look at it more logically and evaluate. Right. But... Um, yeah. But also, like, um, all the money that Underwood and Samson was spending just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. frugal. <laughs> <laughs> they were very not frugal. There was a bunch of times where they're like, uh, there's one point in particular shortly before 9-11 in the series of events, and they're in Manila, and it looks like they have an entire hotel room, like banquet hall, for the five of them to like work and eat oh, crazy yeah. expensive food in. Like, it was just, yeah, definitely not frugal. Um, Underwood Sampson is far from frugal. You said this is like a series of events, and it just made me think of a series of unfortunate events, but written in the time of 9-11. Oh, rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, What else? Lemony Schnicket would have done the number with those times. (laughs) (sighs) Schnicket. What? That was his name. Snicket. Snicket? Uh What'd I say? Schnicket? Schnicket. Snicket. There's a lot of Flying back and forth. That's not frugal. We didn't and mention, it's not good for the environment. We didn't mention that at one point, all of the people at the restaurant in Lahore, they took flight. <laughs> they were just like, whoosh. And Liv Shriver's like, how do you do that? 
And then Changas was like, I'm Goku. And then they fought <laughs> for like yeah. four episodes. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for illuminating that for us. Krillin showed up and didn't do anything. <laughs> I know very little about Dragon Ball Z. You already are surpassing my knowledge. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that was a character. Um... Um, I, I would say not frugal. I just don't think certain movies should be made into, to, or certain books should be made into movies. I think that this is an example of it. I didn't know about this movie. When did it come out? Like, last year? 2012, I think. What? Okay, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it, it came out, and I don't know anybody. So the book was officially published in 2007. Mm-hmm. And then I think this movie came out in 2012. Um, a fairly quick turnaround. And not a good one. I just, like, here's a not frugal point, is they added a lot in that movie that isn't frugal for the plot or for, like, real-life movie making. Right. Like, the wedding did not exist in the book. That was made up. But it looked pretty. Yeah, it sure looked pretty, but it was, like, way, I don't know. Too much didn't need to happen, could have been told in simpler in the way it was told in the book. Right. Like, there's just a lot. And, like, another thing, so their house, right, in Lahore, it's supposed to be kind of, like, once good. Like, that's where he's coming from. He's coming from was once good. Like, was once rich, was once nice, but they haven't kept up, right? Like, everything's kind of falling apart and he's kind of the the shining light like maybe he can make money and make a name and so he feels yeah well i don't feel like that came across in the movie hardly at all other than paying for the wedding i guess that's why the wedding's in there like right just to show how he supports his family monetarily yeah i don't know it's hard to say here's a not frugal Hmm. losing the best paying job you'll probably ever have (laughs) yeah yeah, that's for certain. I would say that this movie's not frugal uh, overall. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, I'm, are there any frugal points that you can think of? Mm, no, ex- no explosions. The, other than other than there was, well, I mean, there was the towers, but there was already footage that was right. They just used news footage. Nine mm-hmm. eleven, so, not frugal. Nine eleven, not frugal. Started a big old war, cost lots of money. <laughs> hey, you can, you can get a lot of lessons out of this podcast. One of them, don't look to nine eleven for frugality. <laughs> Is nine eleven involved? Probably not frugal. Probably not nine eleven superheroes. Not frugal. Yeah. But what's the lesson? Ooh. Real, I think reluctance in there somewhere. Yeah. Be, be reluctant to be. Don't don't want to be a reluctant American. No. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like I like I think reluctant needs to be in there. I think you're right. Reluctant, reluctantly crouched, reluctantly crouched at, at reluctantly crouched at uh, nationalism. But what does it mean? But that's not a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like that. I like that a lot. But it's not a lesson. It's a good title for your paper. <laughs> yeah, too bad I already turned it in. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly crouched. And nationalism. Okay. Um, Cake reference. 
Don't be so reluctant to lose sight of the fundamentals of frugality. No, that was a lot. It didn't make sense. It was a lot, but it's a lesson. Don't lose sight. Don't be reluctant to... Don't be reluctant to lose sight means you want to lose sight. (laughs) Be reluctant to lose sight of the fundamentals. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. bad. It's bad. Sorry. Sorry. It's bad. Hmm. Reluctant. Uh, Be reluctant to be racist. Okay. No, I can dig that. I think so. I think there's a lot of frugality embedded in that. Like, if you if you start applying it... Yeah. Yeah. Be reluctant to be racist. I think that that's good because I think it's a fair case. Like, I <laughs> think you shouldn't be racist. I, I don't think that there should be any hesitation in that. Uh-huh. But if you do have a hang-up in it, what if somebody came to you and was like, hey, just don't be... Re- you know, why don't you just be a little reluctant? Yeah, like, just... Pause for a second. Just pause. Be reluctant to be racist. Let's leave this topic. Is All there right. Any, uh, before you, you want to thank anybody, um, we did get a voice message. While you pull that up, I just want to say, for anyone listening, I know Brandon said it wasn't his cup of tea, the book exactly, and uh-huh. I think we both agree the movie was not that great. I really enjoyed the book. I would definitely recommend it, if not just for it has a lot of like symbolism and perspectives that I think are important just to roll around in your brains. So I recommend the book. Just throwing that out there as a personal note. It's by Moshin Hamid. Um, We received, you can send us voicemails on Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm and find the bargained in, uh, you can leave a voicemail straight from your phone. um, And we will most likely play it and talk about it on the air. Yeah. Um, so, we usually don't listen to them first, so let's just see. Yeah, this one's this one's from Tanya. Uh, hey guys, so in episode ninety two, you made a comment, Donna, about how drinking Budweiser with orange in it reminded you of your parents. I don't get that because your dad has probably never had a beer in his life and probably never will. And as for me, while I do like orange in my beer, it's only blue moon. Blue moon all the way. None of this Bud Light crap. So I'm kind of curious to see where you were going with that because you kind of didn't go anywhere with that. So answer the question. Bye. So, there are sponsorships and things that need to be met to keep those those sponsorships. And and maybe sometimes here in the podcast we exaggerate the truth to get money. And while Bud Light may not be currently paying us anything, if if Anything can remind anybody of anything, and I, I I don't I don't want to speak for Donna. She seems to be a little incapacitated at the moment. I I, I you know maybe it was the color of the can, the bright orange. <laughs> we keep it vague to keep up the friendly atmosphere that is Bud Light. Can I just say, 
And you can cut this out if it endangers our non-sponsorship sponsorship that we have. I prefer Blue Moon. I feel personally attacked. And some butt light, some some butt light is okay. <laughs> if you haven't tried Bud Light Lime, it is good. Let it surprise you. Let it waft over you. Let yourself transport to the beach. Think about it this way, Tanya. If if your stomach has to stop, Tanya. it's <laughs> sorry. So That's fine. Um, I don't. I'm trying to think. Um, I had a Volkswagen Beetle when I was like 16, mm-hmm. and I did not like that car. Mm-hmm. It did not treat me well. However, if Volkswagen came to me and they were like, here's a free car, I would take it. <laughs> if all I had to do was be like, go Volkswagen, you're awesome. And eventually they gave me a free car, that's what would happen. We're taking that avenue in the places we can get. And at that time, Bud Light was the one, and we and maybe Donna exaggerated <laughs> some truths. Maybe just... Apropos just through, playing things up, yeah, just you know, for the humor of the podcast. Just makes me think of of my family, you know. Yeah, the good times with that wonderful beach potion. <laughs> Don, is there anybody you want to thank? Yes, I'd like to thank uh, Tanya for leaving us a voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to leave us a voicemail, you just go to Anchor.fm. There's also an app, so you can do it right from your phone. It's really easy. And I want to thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I want to thank the Lounge Kittens for the use of their cover of Dirty Deeds. And I want to thank Sarah Anastasia for her art that we use on our podcast cover. Oh, uh, and I want to thank I want to thank Anchor. All that Anchor for hosting our podcast and putting it on all the platforms that you like to listen to. I also want to thank our this week's bargainer, which is crazy with the cheese whiz. Thank I you for am. I don't know. Thank you for leaving us a review on the website called iTunes. Um, you can become our new bargainer by um, going on to iTunes and leaving us a review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, do it. Do it. Just do it. In the words of Nike, Shia LaBeouf. God, I love Nike. God, I love Shia LaBeouf. Do you? Hollywood superstar. Shia LaBeouf. Um, that's been The Bargain Inn, though. Um, next week, we'll be back with another episode. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be fresh takes. It's going to be fresh looks. It's going to be fresh, uh, always fresh, sponsored by Subway next week. <laughs> lots of Subway <laughs> yeah. sandwich talk in next week's episode. Um, lots of vegetables, fresh vegetables. Uh-huh. Um, a brand new album dropping next week. Fresh. Totally so fresh. fresh. Uh, so the kicks I'm going to be wearing, mm-hmm. fresh. What kind of kicks are you going to wear? Fresh. <laughs> I told you. Hell right? yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, do you have any fresh things you're bringing next week? Yeah, I'm going to bring a fresh new look. Just oh, overall. Overall, fresh yeah, new look. fresh look. I'm going to bring a fresh new um, quirky catchphrase. Ooh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to have to banana split out of here real quick. I don't know. We'll workshop it. <laughs> Um, This has been The Bargain Den. I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. Pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. Hand sign, because I don't have anything to write with.